Hello, everybody. I feel like I start every episode off the same way. Um, <laughs> except for this time. Except for this time. What do you mean? Well, you just said I feel like I started off the That's same true. way, which is a different way of starting oh, off. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm Stradi Papa Giorgio. And I'm Father Michael Tischel. And we are an, an imperfect, imperfect pod- podcast. podcast. Cue music. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, rejoicing in the, the afternoon slump. Slump. Yeah. Coffeeless slump. Oh yeah. No coffee. I've, I've had, had coffee this three. morning. Really? <laughs> That's impressive. You don't. I mean, you look pretty normal. Do I? Yeah. As as far as normal. Well, yeah. For me, is yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't. You don't look like you're just like. Oh know, yeah. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really you. affect me as much as. Uh, impressive. All that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Well, uh, aging, mm. from what I understand, we're going to talk about aging. Yes. Um, and, I mean, what a, I mean, How what, do a, we what, a, what a timeless, no Ooh. pun intended. <laughs> timeless, timely. Topic, um, uh, which uh, we all, none of us can escape. Right. You know, aging in my own I'm not that old. Neither are you, Father. Yeah. Um, but we're not. We're not kids either. Right. You know. And uh, and I think for me, it's always interesting. Like when I go and I look at the in the mirror and I see the the white hairs, and I'm just like, look at that. Isn't that neat? <laughs> That's, not, that's your response. My response is a little different. Really? It doesn't bother me that much. I mean, no, it doesn't bother me either. Yeah. It's, it's it's very uh, it's very uh, there's something dignified about having more. Yeah, hours, sure. Yeah, but I just I look at it and go, oh look at look at that. that Aging. That wasn't there before. It <laughs> wasn't there ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it's it's kind of interesting just to think about like what our experience of time is yeah. in relation to our own finite existence. I mean, we're not, you know, at least as far as our current existence, we're not going to be here forever. Everybody goes into that mystery of that, that we call death and um, and nobody makes it out alive. And uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, so much of life is whether we're conscious of it or not, is sort of based on facing that that um, progressive shortening of our yep. existence here on Earth and kind of getting to that. I think that also crosses mm. my mind mm-hmm. when I see the white hairs. Mm. That also, like, 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 there's a little whisper of, you know. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Why not? I mean, it is. And if, yeah. I mean, if, you know. This is a really depressing episode. <laughs> well, yeah. It shouldn't be. No, it is. Okay. I was trying to bring it back up, but all right. It's very depressing. Well, it's not. It shouldn't be. No. It, it, it shouldn't be depressing, but as human beings, we always see it's death terif- as depressing. Terrifying. And depressing. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
there is that major element of just it being completely unknown, right? And uh, not having any sense. I mean, we have we have insights through scripture, through you know the revealed truth of our sure. faith, um, through certain firsthand accounts of people, you know, dying and coming back or something like that of like what things could be like. But ultimately, yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a veil that we are often not able to uh, penetrate. And um, yeah, so, you know, here we are faced with this crazy reality and, and, you know, how do we live? How do we live? You know, not to make, not to heart, not to keep drumming the scary part of all of that, mm. right? But I, I remember there was a, I remember hearing a story of, a, of, a, from an, of an elder, probably on Mount Athos, where he he actually experienced what it was like to die. He didn't die, mm. but he was given the taste of the moment of death, mm. and it was terrifying. Wow, you're all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Good story, Stratty. I really appreciate that. I know, I know. I mean, why wouldn't anybody tell anybody that? Like, no, that's yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, it's like on the one hand you have this just terrifying and, reality. On the other hand. What is on the other hand? Um, no, no. On the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, there is, you know, there is this other aspect which I had heard about, and then I think I've experienced to a certain extent, which is to say, as life moves on, and you start to taste your own mortality in the sense that you realize, oh gosh, like this body that I've been right. given, you know, is not going to hold up forever, you know, and uh, I'm not just going to keep floating along here, just doing whatever I want to do. And you actually start to realize that in a kind of an internal sort of way, um, you know, it can have an opposite effect. It can there there can be this effect where it's like, well, I want to live that much more yeah. because I know I'm going to die. I want to experience life that much more. Correct. There's almost there's this like yearning for life in the face of death. Yeah. Um, whereas if you just have this sort of sense that you're going to live forever in this earthly existence, then you're just like, eh, life's okay. It's kind of blah, right? But if you knew that there was a very, if you really, really got it, that there was going to be this final end yeah. to your existence as you know it, then it sort of heightens your sensitivity to life. Yeah, but, and not to, and I agree. Yeah. Um, but there's also like people are a fickle, right? Like we all there's also like the opposite pickle. There's also <laughs> there's also the opposite sort of thing where yeah. like a young person thinks doesn't doesn't take into consideration at all that there will be death. Right. And does not so wise things. Right. Because it doesn't compute. Yeah. You know. So both I think could happen almost. Where yeah. you don't even take into account that you're going to die. Right. That made sense? Well. Did I make sense so, just then? So you're saying that they, because saying, they don't take that into account, they start, they try to live their life. Yeah. Like, they what? do, they do live it, but not like with that realization, not with any sort of revelation, yeah. but rather just like mindlessly almost just right. going about and doing things that are not the best you know, for them. For well, that's them. kind of what I'm saying. Is just in general, right? The 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 less you in in some ways you'd sort of think or feel that 
being um, aware of your mortality would sort of depress you and make you and kind of zap you of any motivation to do anything in yeah. life because you're sort of like, well, what's the point? You know, if I'm just going to die anyway. Right. But paradoxically, I think what it does for a lot of people is it actually heightens, heightens their, their desire yeah. and their motivation. That probably happens, I mean, later. Not too long later. Like, it depends on the person, I suppose. Yeah. I would imagine that the 15-year-old isn't quite thinking that way maybe right. they are sure but they're probably generally not thinking about their own mortality on a, in a mature way anyway unless they're faced with it unless they have faced it yeah 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 it's interesting it is brilliantly it's, it's almost you know if we go if we go to the primordial sort of source of, of, of death you know um, with Adam and Eve death was almost a gift Mm -hmm. Out of right. the suffering of this of this world, sure. Um, you want to go in a theological uh, way yeah. of death. You know, it was like you're gonna live through this life that's suffering. Don't worry, <laughs> it ends too. Right. <laughs> Again, it's, it that sounds could sound depressing, but it isn't depressing. No, it's At the yeah. same time. Like if you're if if and not and not to. Not to say wait, just can't like you shouldn't like. What am I trying to say? Like I'm not saying I can't wait to die. Right. But I'm also saying that you know, as much as we cling to life, it will end, and it's also not the end mm -hmm. of life mm -hmm. as well. And that's also a gift mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we do suffer. Right. No, no matter what, you know, no matter what happens in your life, you're going to go through some pain and suffering. What if we thought about life after death, not in terms of chronology, sure, but in terms of geography? In other words, rather than saying life after death, we could say something like life behind death. And death is sort of like what our whole earthly existence is tainted by. Yeah. You know, so so sort of like everything about our earthly existence, especially our separation from God, is somehow affected by death, right? So that means that there's a life behind all of that, underneath all of that, behind mm. all of that, yeah. that beyond all of that, that is not affected by that. Correct. Yeah. So in that sense, I think there's a, there's a, that, that sort of changes, it reframes things, not so much in terms of, I just have to wait until I die, yeah. right? But right here and now, my life is affected by death, mm -hmm. is affected by my mortality, is affected by this kind of linear aging process, uh, is affected by sin and corruption and imperfection and all that stuff, right? So that's part of my the fabric of my reality but that behind all of that through the veil of all of that is this perfect infinite eternal existence which is god basically yeah and that i can experience god through all of the messiness here and now yeah and that can take me into so in other words yeah eternity is is now is now yeah 
um, yeah. and can be experienced now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's yeah. People say so so often. You know, um, people say a lot of things, but like I've heard, I've heard. Well, you we might as well believe you never know, mm-hmm. right? But but the counter to that would be well, you can know from now. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't have to wait right until you die to find out if right. it were true or not. Sure. Yeah. And I think there is that sense that we can receive some sort of assurance of the reality of life beyond the matrix of death, you could say, um, here and now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's assurance, as we were talking about last week, is different than this kind of like hard and fast certainty. It's more—it's a sense of a connection with the presence of God. Mm-hmm who is shy yeah on one level who hmm. doesn't who doesn't uh, sort of he's not in your face he's not in your face he's the still small voice right um, he departs when you're self filled with yourself and and comes when you're you know when you're sort of more yeah. simple and, and humbled um, but that presence to follow up from last week is, sort of breaks through the brokenness and the imperfection and the the deadness of what can often feel like our current reality, the mundaneness, the restlessness, the boredom, the tedium, all of those things, and, you know, allows us to experience this, this life that has no time associated with. It's not this kind of linear thing. It's this... It's this... Um, you know, we're just sort of in this reality of this presence that's sort of the fullness of everything. And um, time ceases to exist. It's beyond all that. We've kind of passed through it. And so, yeah, it's so different, I think, in many ways than this whole very child, childish perspective. I would call it a childish perspective that, you know, well, you know, I have this blind faith in... in life after death and so I'm just going to kind of wait it out and hope that once I pass through that I will you know it's kind of like when uh, Lazarus died in the Gospel of John and uh, I think was it Mary who ran to Jesus to Mary like Mary and Martha the sisters of Lazarus I think it was Mary who ran to him to tell him that her brother died or was it Martha I can't remember Uh, which one uh, somebody told him, and then he went. Right, but then and found them there. Did they well, come? one of them, one of them ran out to meet him. Right, right. That's what I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then, um, and then said, you know, if you Lord, were here. Yeah, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died, and uh, and uh, he said, well, he's going to rise from the dead, and uh, and she said, well, yes, Lord, I know that he'll rise from the dead in the second coming or in the in the final. Right. General resurrection, whatever. Yeah. And he said, he said, I am the resurrection. Mm. Um, and uh, I think that's such a beautiful, like, yeah, you know, like that's exactly uh, that the resurrection is now. Right. Yeah. You know, the, the, the truth is now. She was thinking about this future, right? Consolation, this future, which event, she thought he was talking about. Which she thought he was talking about. That's where her mind went. Which to. would have, which would, uh, which would have been really. It would have been almost not pompous, but almost what's the word? Kind of yeah, like a kind of like a 
cold comfort. They yeah, cold it. comfort. Yeah, like, oh, like, don't worry. He's going to rise again in thousands five, of years. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. We'll right. see him again. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Way down. That would have been really... Line. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he wasn't saying that. He was saying... Yeah. No, I'm... He's actually going to rise, like, to, today in, like, 10 yep. minutes. <laughs> right. And then that's where I think, you know, religion in the kind of, again, in the kind of, like, childish manifestation in the way that we sort of think about it when we're kids when we've been taught about heaven and hell and yeah. and uh, our relationship with God and life after death and all these things all of these things are are still bound by our very human understanding of of time and space mm-hmm. you know like heaven is going to be this this palace you know this this material palace and or you know, this kind of floating on the clouds, or whatever. All these caricatures that we have in our minds, uh, hell, we're going to be you know skewered and you know barbecued alive, whatever you know. Yeah. All these hopefully you know, not. Yeah. Well, but even that. I mean, Dostoevsky talks about hell. He said if if he said hell is the experience of never being able to love or be loved, and which starts even now. And he said that that kind of experience, if you really experience we're going to experience that for the rest of your life then even physical fire would feel like a consolation to you yeah to that kind of pain yeah that kind of existential pain so it's like talk about like like that is way worse than any kind of physical being barbecued alive anyway um all that to say that um you know I think the most convincing or compelling or consoling, you know, promise or, um, you know, experience that we could have is the sense that that the um, that life after death, that eternity, that all these things, that heaven, that God are all 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 of these things that phenomena that we talk about which are all really united in one, that is to say the presence of God and the reality of God, that, that, that God is available to us here and now. Yeah. And, um, and that aging, while we still experience aging, and cause, because we're not, we're not able to sustain this, real, this experience of the presence of God on a kind of very um, constant basis, we still experience the reality of aging, but in this kind of quiet way, we also experience the presence of something beyond all of that. Yeah. Um, that gives us this hope that once the aging ends, that we'll be more fully able to commune with eternal life, hmm. with God. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really like it. Just got really like, what's the word? Um, contemplative right mm-hmm. now, you know, because it's a. I mean, it's a really personal. I mean, every, on for everybody, right? Yeah. You know, nobody escapes it. No, nope. nobody escapes it. No. I mean, not even the Virgin Mary. She did die, yep. right? She was the most holy. Right. She, you know, even she, she died. Yep. Um, so, well, I think because this is going to be a very short one. Yeah. And we just dumped 
bunch of thought on everybody. Yep. Um, but that's not bad. I think that's good. Give you all a little bit to think about. Yep. Give us something to think about. I yep. know what I'm thinking. Me too. Um, it'll be a few weeks until our next one. Yeah. Because uh, I'm going to be of, heading out to uh, Thessaloniki yeah. to do some work on my PhD there. And we'll be um, coming back in a couple of weeks. Great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you go to any places, send you know, give send me pictures. I will of the churches. Yeah, I will. If you go to Saint uh, Paisios, oh, yeah, if, I, if you, if you I, will, I will try to do that for sure. Se- certainly, I'll be at uh, Saint Demetrios, yeah. the Church of Saint Demetrios, yeah. and some of the the main ones in the city. Mm. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, I think uh, with that, we're going to end this very short episode of yeah. an imperfect podcast. But it reminds us of you know the brevity of life and. He said it better than I could. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a great life.